All right. What's going on, guys? Falcon Punch bringing you back to the Falcon Punch podcast. So it's been about a week since we've last recorded. It is now October... October 11th. Yeah, October 11th, 2021. This will be going out either same day or on the uh, on the 12th. Um, testing out a few new things. So episode 14, trying something new. Aptly titled, right? So I've got some... DMCA free, like, lo-fi slash chill hop going on in the background. Uh, you can find this playlist on Spotify. It's just, if you just search, uh, stream safe lo-fi, uh, it should come up. There's about 45 hours of, like, over a thousand songs. There's a ridiculous amount. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, um, the mix is good. I'm using... The newly purchased PreSonus Revelator IO24. Uh, I can't really show you on screen or like on the screen of the video at the moment because I'm actually recording off of it. But yeah, um, other than like a few kind of like learning hurdles slash like the I guess the learning curve, right? Other than the learning curve of figuring it out and trying to learn how to like kind of send different signals to wherever I needed to um it's pretty good right <laughs> I have a uh, you know I have similar settings to what I had on my old interface the uh the line 6 UX2 but there's a bit more added to it uh I have I'm using an EQ um normally I never EQ'd my voice whenever recording or anything like that but let me know, uh, I guess, in the comments of this new YouTube channel slash video. Or let me know on Twitter what you think. The links will be in, like, the description. Uh, this I'm putting the podcast now on, like, a brand new YouTube channel. I'm going to be separating out, like, my gameplay stuff and then the podcast into two different channels. So the gameplay stuff will still remain on YouTube.com slash FalconPunch. And then the next one, or I guess the other one, will be used for the podcast and other like reaction stuff if I do like decide to go into like reaction videos or whatnot, right? Um, yeah, you can find that at Falcon Punch 2. Uh, there's not like a custom URL for it yet because that channel does not have 100 subscribers. I believe that was the, the amount that you needed before you could actually do anything with... Uh, like the custom URL stuff, but it's been a bit since I've had to like think about that slash worry about that. But yeah, again, let me know how everything is. Um, I'm going to be posting this on, you know, the I guess the channel itself on my Twitter and my, you know, actual YouTube channel, the main channel, I guess. And yeah, hope to see you guys there and be able to interact with you there, you know, Strictly for podcast stuff, right? So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first topic at hand will be the new Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code Fairy, uh, which will be coming to the PS4 and PS5. So some background information on Battle Operation. It's essentially like a super duper Dark Souls-ish multiplayer, but with Gundam 
like the mobile suits um the game itself is definitely difficult from what i've seen i haven't actually had the chance to play it on my my own or myself but with this new code fairy game i might check it out so i'm gonna go ahead and read off the news article from gundamnews.org so a new installment to Bandai Namco Entertainment's Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation video game series was recently announced, titled Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation Code Fairy. The game was announced for Sony Interactive Entertainment's PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 consoles with an anime teaser trailing, or trailer featuring a female principality of Xeon Soldier named Alma Sterner. And then the title logo for the game also includes a stylized Xeon insignia. So this, if it's more Xeon focused, I I can only think of Xeonic Front, uh, the old PS2 game. But there's a little trailer. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see it. If you're checking this out on Spotify or any other, you know, I guess, um providers right podcast providers you'll be able to listen to it at least so i'm gonna go ahead and mute the uh the music real quick and we'll be watching this video it's only 20 seconds Reporting for duty. Alright, so that was a quick, quick little trailer. 20 seconds. Animated. But we'll see. So this game was apparently... Also, or what else was also announced? Uh, in 2019, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans G, which is an upcoming smartphone app developed by Bandai Namco and Sunrise Beyond. The app will include a spin-off of the Iron-Blooded Orphans TV anime series. So this is like... um. This is Udir Hunt, where, uh, fuck, the, the name of the fucking Gundam escapes me. I built a custom, like, I made a custom painted Gunpla of this, this year. Um, I think it's like, I'm, I'm butchering, I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation, but the Marcosis, and then, uh, the Hajiroboshi? Was it Hajiroboshi? Something Boshi, right? But yeah, um, this game was like announced a while back, but no one's ever really heard anything about it since its announcement, right? They released like a few animation stuff, but let's see. Uh, let's read the article for more information. The story takes place between seasons one and two. So this is information we already knew. Set on the Venus colony of Radonista. Following protagonist Wisario Afam piloting the mysterious Gundam Hajiro Boshi. It's, it's literally right here. I'm actually reading it now. I, I can't believe, like, I didn't just, like, continue reading. Whatever. Rudeer Hunt will feature anime and gameplay components with staff members from the original series, such as Tatsuyuki Nagai and Masaru Yokoyama, returning to their roles as director and composer for the spin-off game. Uh, the game is set to release Spring 2022, so this doesn't actually say if it's going to be, like, a worldwide release or not, but I imagine it's going to be Japan only at this point. Um, but who knows? We'll see. A special edition of Iron-Blooded Orphans will air to coincide with the release of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans G. The new edition will be 9 episodes in total and feature part of Udyr Hunt. 
Okay. So I guess it's like a little Gundam game roundup article for that portion. I didn't, I only read like the first half. The next portion, actually, before we go into the next portion, let's talk a bit more about this. Um, the fact that Urdir Hunt is not its own like series kind of irks me. I understand that mobile games will give you like a better return on investment just because of like in-app purchases most likely that are probably going to occur, but please just give me a new series like build fighters and build divers have been great don't get me wrong um but i would definitely definitely appreciate like another mainstay series um but we'll get into that right uh that'll be the article after this one so this next one mobile suit gundam hathaway splash has passed 2.2 billion yen in like sales so that's nearing the franchise record. If I think, if I understand this right, that should translate to about $20 million, like USD. Because it's like you just subtract two zeros. Or is it one zero? 1,000 yen is $10. Um, Yeah, so it's one zero. So maybe, no, it's like... No, it's not $200 million. It has to be $20 million. $20 million USD in Japan, I believe. Uh, following the, the Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash X Alex Alexandros live event, the official website for the anime film has announced it has exceeded 2.2 billion yen at the box office in the four months since its release on June 11th. Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash has garnered 1,088,061 attendees and grossed Okay, that's money, right? Uh, it opened in 215 theaters across Japan. And like, granted, you know, there was competition with Evangelion's 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time. And then Rurouni Kenshin's the beginning. But like, this is pretty huge for a Gundam movie, right? Other than the compilation films... I don't think like a standalone film has done this well since the very first like Mobile Suit Gundam movie that they released back in like the late 70s, early 80s, I believe. And that was also a compilation film. But like the, the movies traditionally have never been like blowouts. Um, but Hathaway's Flash, if you haven't seen it, please go and watch it. It's on Netflix streaming still. If you're in the US, I'm not sure about other regions outside of the US, but Hathaway's Flash is gorgeous. Story's great. It doesn't, it's not like a, the storytelling isn't like traditional Gundam in a sense where it's like, you know, boy gets in robot and, you know, suddenly does like a lot of crazy things or something like that. Um, there's more heft to it, I guess is the best way to put it, right? uh let's see but yeah this the fact that this movie has like done this well it's it's nuts so there's gonna be a blu-ray release coming in november 26th um 4k ultra hd and then i'm not sure like the the blu-ray edition will have like you know the uh i believe like special art and as well as like the soundtrack I'm not sure if it's going to have any sort of like extra footage though. 
Let's see. Let me skim through this. Initially, a limited Blu-ray set was released at theaters. Okay, we already know about that. Um, nope. Okay. So there's no like extra information on if there's gonna be extra footage, but it's well worth it, I believe. Um, especially because you know, anime in general like relies heavily upon blu-ray cells like movies are a little bit different but the series itself does and then gundam's also in a very specific spot where it's like they don't just relay rely completely on blu-ray they have you know the gunpla to back it up to help boost and garner sales with it so yeah and i mean if you've been keeping up with i guess like gunpla news in general like you will realize you will know that the amount of profit that uh, Bandai Namco have gotten from Gunpla sales in like the past year and a half to two years, like basically all of 2020 and you know most of 2021, you will know that they are doing extremely well. And speaking on the UC universe, actually, before we move on to this or before we move forward, let me see. There's more information on the Blu-ray release. Let's see. So the Blu-ray, the limited edition Blu-ray that's going to be coming out is going to be $100 essentially. 9,900 yen. So it's about $100 in terms of conversion. Um, 95 minutes of the main story and then 5 minutes of video extras. And then a special, another special Blu-ray uh, release with 171 minutes of stuff. So I wonder what's in there, right? Um, I'm going to guess it's like Some special events um, and then some other things, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I the, the art looks freaking gorgeous. I'm they also have a normal edition releasing for 5,000 yen, so that'll be $50. And again, the box art is sick. Hathaway's Flash has been insanely satisfying. I was. So happy watching it but yeah we'll move on to the next topic which is the new series that's going to be coming out uh this is a uc universe i believe if i remember the original release or announcement of this uh mobile suit gundam the witch from mercury 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 Mer mercury will be aimed at teens is the title of this article uh, I feel like most of the Gundam stuff has been aimed at, like, young adults anyway, so this doesn't really surprise me in any way. Uh, there's definitely gonna be mature themes throughout, most likely. Um, if you think about it, even the kitty stuff, like, technically, like, Gundam Age, right? There was, like, a lot more mature stuff later on as it goes on. And then Victory Gundam... Uh, I don't think I have to say much, but the amount of stuff that's happened to a little kid there is ridiculously tra traumatizing. But yeah, the second Gundam conference was held on September 15th by the Bandai Namco Group's cross-sectional Gundam project to discuss the future plans for the Gundam brand. The meeting was led by the group's chief Gundam officer and the Gundam business supervisor Koji Fujiwara. Announced during the conference were three anime projects set for a 2022 release. So that's Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam The Witch from Mercury, Mobile Suit Gundam 
Kukuru's Dones Island. Actually, that might be the UC one. I'm not sure entirely if the Witch from Mercury is going to be UC or related or not. I might be getting this mixed up. And then there's that special edition of uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans that we talked about earlier. So this is uh, the first new Gundam TV anime series and seven series since the broadcast of Iron-Blooded Orphans. So this is like... I think um, the first build stuff came out before Iron-Blooded Orphans, if I remember correctly. Um, not entirely sure off the timeline my memory is failing me right now but the series is currently shrouded in mystery as far as plot or staff but it's stated to attract a new younger audience with teenagers so maybe future like younger builders of gunblow right <laughs> uh they will be working with external g partner members i'm not sure what g partner is on the series to aim for large-scale deployment than ever before the series uses G-Witch as its official abbreviated title and multilingual website. Um, Kukuru's, Don Kukuru's Don's Island is a new anime film directed by Yoshikazu Yasuhika, uh, the character designer and chief animation director of the original Mobile Suit Gundam series, as well as the chief director of the 2015 through 2018 The Origin OVA series. The film will be a new perspective on the 15th episode of the uh the same name of the same name from the 0079 series. Oh, so this is like a different perspective from the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Okay. All right. All right, I can get behind this. It's interesting to me that it's going to be like a theater only release, but I wonder if they'll do like a worldwide worldwide streaming thing like they did with Hathaway's Flash. That would be super sick if they did. And then we know about the Iron-Blooded Orphans G. It's going to be a smartphone app. So you can re-experience seasons 1 and 2 of this TV series through gameplay in a new spin-off story. So this is going to be a game of the Iron-Blooded Orphans stuff. So I wonder how it's going to play. Um, actually, I would like it to play something similar to like SD Gundam. Like cross-generation or cross-race. Um, just because like... Uh, I think that would work well on a mobile format. I'm not entirely sure how, like, a, I guess ARPG kind of would work. At least I, I wouldn't enjoy it on, like, a phone, like, tapping away at it. That doesn't, that doesn't appeal to me. Okay, and then news. I should have probably read this right after the Hathaway's Flash portion, but the second movie of Hathaway's Flash that's in the three you know you know in the trilogy is titled or tentatively titled Son of Bright and then like they put Sun with S-U-N which is <laughs> kind of funny so the last staff talk event for the Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash film was recently held at Shinjuku Piccadilly Cinema in Tokyo attended by Sunrise Gundam producer Naohiro Ogata and Bright Noah actor Ken Narita so the original voice actor that's awesome at the event of the uh, at the event the two discussed the prospects and themes of the next installment in the hathaway's flash film trilogy as well as announcing its tentative title son of bright also read as son like you know father and son producer ogata addressed there would be changes from the novel's second volume yoshiyuki tomino previously expressed his reservations to ogata about adapting it as for the timing of the film's release he refrained from saying but spoke 
I won't make you wait too long. Bright Noah, Hathaway's father, will appear in the second part, and Narita was enthusiastic about returning, saying, I hope I can give it my all. So, before I continue reading, I'm hoping that since they've already said and they've already shown that they've kind of diverged from the original story, the original novels, they will go back and translate those novels into English so that we can buy them. That would be sick. First in a trilogy of anime films helmed by Shuko Murase, Mobile Suit Gundam's our Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway's Flash, or Hathaway, is the official sequel to the 1988 Mobile Suit Gundam's Char's Counterattack movie. The project was announced in November 2018 to celebrate the Gundam 40th anniversary, adapting the Yoshiyuki Tomino Pen novel series of the same name. The novels were originally released from 1989 to 1990 as a follow-up to Tomino's Char's Counterattack by Torchica's Children, which is also the original version of Shars Counterattack with a uh, different heroine and some different events that happened. Um, then this is just information about how, you know, this film has been doing as well as, you know, putting it on Netflix and stuff. I'm excited for the second movie. I'm hoping the quality will retain or it'll retain the same quality as the first movie. Or even upgrade from that. Because there were some scenes in Hathaway's Flash where they were using like B-roll or like B-roll footage where the, uh, the characters weren't as animated nearly as nicely as they were if you were to do like a close-up of them. Like you know how in certain animes whenever there's like a far away shot you can see like just two dots in a line for a face. There was some of that. Not a lot. Very min minimal. But there was some of that. And now, that's an um, that's it for the Gundam news. Speaking of Gundam and Gunpla, I will be taking some back down to Florida uh, when I drive back in a few weeks or so, and hopefully we'll be getting started with building and painting again because I definitely have missed doing that. Um, picking up Gunpla during the pandemic, like quarantine, was the Probably like one of the like best things to ever happen to me as far as like finding a hobby that I really enjoyed and really loved working with and doing stuff for. So look forward to the like images and stuff coming out on Twitter. I'm not sure what my first build will be, but it'll probably be like some sort of HG kit before I dive into the Master Grade Extreme Unicorn. But yeah. So see nexomon attempts to set itself apart from pokemon um i don't know if you've paid attention to steam but there have been some you know pokemon clones that have released uh i forget the name of one of them but like the it was like a fully 3d kind of pokemon game where the overworld is like really nice but the art style was kind of was very suspect at least to me um, I wasn't entirely sure how I, how I felt about it, so I never went ahead and purchased it, but it was like a massively multiplayer, I believe, Pokemon game. Uh, if you remember the title of that, let me know. So Nexamon. At this point, Pokemon set the stage for the monster catching and fighting RPG genre, but Nexamon attempts to go beyond that. 
Originally a mobile title, it takes the familiar formula and changes it in both good and bad ways. I can't say if this game is better or worse than Pokemon, it's simply its own game within a genre that's been around for decades. Pokemon really hasn't innovated too much. There's been a few gimmicks here and there, but largely it's been the same. And judging from the graphics of this, it just seems like an upscaled version of, I guess, like Heart Gold and Soul Silver in terms of like the sprites. And then as far as the designs, they seem more closer to Pokemon than it did in that other game that I was talking about. Let's see. Uh, yes, I believe Nexamon is its own entity. That doesn't mean it doesn't borrow heavily from Pokemon. You are a young Nexomon tamer, not trainer. Circumstances thrust you into a world where Nexomon and humans now live peacefully after an evil Nexomon overlord attempted to use said creatures <laughs> to thrust the world into darkness. You aren't fighting the town bully. You're fighting against adults who think it's okay to burn a small house down. Okay, so that's definitely a bit different. Once you're out on the road, it's back to business as usual. Walk through high grass, battle wild Nexomon, and attempt to catch them in star-shaped traps. Hit up each town and battle against the area's overseer. It's a familiar, like a little familiar feeling there. Overseers are, I guess, their gym leaders. And judging from the design of their, I guess, star-shaped traps, it looks more like a, a four-pin like ninja star, like a paper ninja star that you know you used to make when you were a kid. At least when I was a kid back in like the early 90s. Jesus Christ. The initial question I had during my first hour or so with Nexamon was, when does a reference become so much that the game has lost its own flavor? Those earlier story beats and gameplay introductions make it incredibly hard to separate it from its Pokemon influences. Even the act of launching a bad guy into the stratosphere is here. Interesting. Slowly, things start to change and Nexamon finds its place as an individual game. So I'm guessing this is sort of like a review. I, I, I was just interested because, you know, I, I do enjoy playing Pokemon. I still need to finish Pokemon Shield, but we'll see how this plays out. Like, the designs definitely look a lot better than that other game. <sighs> the fact that I can't remember, I'm just gonna keep calling it the other game, but, uh... So, Nexomon. Well, we'll check that out. The game is available on the Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. I'm kind of sad this isn't on Steam, but I wonder if I can find this on the Microsoft Game Pass. That would be nice. But yeah, if you're interested in Pokemon clones, or if you've been the type who's played like, you know, those Pokemon ROM hacks, make sure to check it out. Next piece of news, Genshin Impact has released another character, Arataki Ito. And if you were paying attention to Twitter, uh, I believe the hashtag was like Genshin Daddy. You horny degenerates. But yeah, he's a new Geo, char Geo character that's going to appear in Genshin. And he is the head of the Arataki gang in Inazuma. So this guy's a club user, which is interesting. Because I think that's a weapon that hasn't really been used in Genshin up until this point. So there I guess they'll be introducing new weapons now. I haven't played Genshin in about a month and a half, mostly because I'm trying to stop myself from spending money in that game. Uh I don't want to 
I don't want to go too deep into it, but I have spent about ballpark the price of maybe a scalped PS5 in that game, so I definitely need to watch myself. Uh, that that gotcha shit. That'll get you. Gotcha will definitely get you. So the new version will come. Actually, it should be out in, on the 13th, so it should have arrived soon. And it'll it'll be released on all their platforms, PS4, PS5, PC, Android, and iOS. And then the Nintendo Switch uh, Nintendo Switch version is still in development. My only thing about that is I don't know how well that game will play on the Nintendo Switch. Um, on the highest settings, like it can be kind of taxing, depending, but. You know, maybe it'll be fine. But I do know that playing Genshin on like PS4 or even on the phone fucking sucks. So we'll see how that goes. I believe I talked about this game in the previous podcast. Tales of Luminaria, the mobile game. They've released some new characters that they're releasing. And again, I'm not too interested in mobile games. I mean, I have been playing a lot of Epic 7. Uh, I didn't really play Tales of the Rays, but the music and some of the character designs are starting to speak to me. Especially this Alexandra, uh, the White Wolf of the Empire. If you're on the YouTube video, you can get a gander of her and her massive personalities. <laughs> but yeah. So the latest character trailer focuses on the Honorable Knight working under the Guildland. Empire and her relationship with her fellow alphas. Her attacks center around fast-paced swordsmanship and mobility. So I'm not sure how this is going to play, but we're going to be watching the trailer real quick. And stay down. Not a fan of her English voice actress. Never underestimate an alpha. I promise. I will see my justice carried out. Okay, that part was okay. I have a duty to be undefeatable. If I can live up to your expectations. This gameplay like Dynasty Warriors? Hold on a second. Maybe I will play this, but something for that. That's interesting. How much longer? I might play this. Every last one of them shall fall to this blade. Every last one of them shall fall to this blade. <laughs> I'm probably going to be hit with some copyright over that, but that's okay. Uh, on a different note, Alexandria or Alexandra seems to be not entirely on board with the ongoing war. While graduating at the top of her class in the Imperial Military Academy, she follows her own sense of justice. Interestingly, she also possesses a huge appetite. So similar to Xion, huh? Hmm. There's a list of all the characters here. I won't go into like an in-depth thing. I might make that a separate video where I talk about these characters. But we'll see. Let's see some of the comments here. Everything I'm seeing right now gives me the feeling that this is Tales of Warriors, which feels like it would have been a lot better on a console. True. True. Only character I was interested in for this whole thing. <laughs> My waifu, Alexandria. He's spelling it wrong. It's supposed to be Alexandra, I thought. Looked so perfect in this trailer. All the right stuff was shown. O'Malley, the last waifu of the game for me. Lisette and Vanessa are the others. It's coming soon. 
really, dude. August is the next Tales of Luminaria character. Um, this is another trailer, but I'm not going to go too into the trailer. He looks kind of like a Vampire Hunter D reject, but we'll see. Yeah, let's see. Let's just look at the comments. I feel like this game has too many main characters to focus on, and some of them are bound to be underdeveloped as a result of that. Though maybe making this a mobile game will allow them to avoid something like that? Hard to say for now. Another comment. White hair. Black coat. Haughty expression. Booming J. Michael Tatum voice. Are we sure this isn't the antagonist? <laughs> okay. Let's see. Michael J. Tatum. What else has he done? He's played Rintaro Okabe in Steins Gate. Oh, he was that? He's also Tenya Turbo Hero Ingenium. Oh, Tenya Ida from My Hero Academia. And then uh, he's been Mycroft and Moriarty. The Patriot? Huh. I think that was an anime that released recently. Next character is Charles. Who shares a voice actor with Soul Eater's Black. And this looks like a trap. Oh, it's, a, it's actually a girl named Charles. Nope, it's a dude. Alright, um, I guess they're trying to hit that Astolfo kind of market, but yeah, so there's also characters, Anna Maria and the Adventurers, so we'll, 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 we'll make this, we'll make the, the rest of the Tales of Luminaria stuff a separate video, slash, not a podcast portion, but yeah, Tales of Luminaria seems interesting. Um, definitely seems from that one trailer that we did watch, like, more of a Dynasty Warriors-ish kind of game. I kind of do wish that was more on, like, an actual console or PC itself instead of on mobile, but, you know, if you don't want to play on your phone, you can always use something like, uh, Nox, right? For the Android. But yeah, Nox, Bluestacks, etc. Uh, Mimu, things like that. So a trailer was released for Dragon Ball Super, Superhero Trailer, which features CG animation. Uh, the trailer debuted at New York Comic Con 2021 and provided a look into the animation work that will appear in the title, along with the significant characters like Goku, Piccolo, and Pan. Additionally, a special promotional page for the movie features a short interview with Japanese voice actors Masako Nozawa, who plays Goku, she is so old now, too. She's like late 80s or early 90s now, isn't she? And Toshio Furukawa. The trailer reveals that Dragon Ball Superhero will use CG animation, which I'm not entirely on board with yet. I'll have to look at the trailer. Like, separately. Additionally, viewers get a look into what characters will appear in the film. This includes Goku, Piccolo, Pan, Gamma 1, and Gamma 2. However, more information about the cast will release sometime in the future. The trailer is available to watch through the official website. We'll check that out in a second. Uh, Toshio Furukawa, the Japanese voice actor for Piccolo, revealed that Piccolo will play a fairly large role in the film. He noted that the character will share a lot of screen time with Pan, Gohan's daughter, so he's basically raising another one of the Sun children. Additionally, an interview revealed that Dragon Ball Super Superhero takes place after the Broly film, but that it also takes place before the 28th World Tournament. However, 
While the film is set to release in Japan sometime in 2022, a Western release date is not yet confirmed. That said, producer Norihiro Yahayashida mentioned that he would like the Western release to be as close to the Japanese release as possible. <sighs> I'm not sure about this. I believe this movie is supposed to be more of like a slice of life film, if I remember the initial reports correctly. And in general, like... I don't know how that's gonna be. I, I, I can't... I can't give like a... Yeah, I'm down for this yet. Well, let's, let's check out the comments here, right? So it looks like it was rendered within one of the DBZ games. I mean, it's serviceable. I don't hate it, but after the previous movie, it's a massive letdown. Yeah, Broly's animation was freaking sick. Uh, what was wrong with Broly's animation? It was gorgeous. Why go to a style that won't even look as good as the video games? Oh, oh, this does not bode well. Man, this looks pretty good for a PS3 game. Oh, oh god. <laughs> Everything I love will be offered up to the CGI devil. So are they gonna do a moral arc? I can't fathom how they took by far the best and most well-received well aspect from Broly, the animation, and said, you know what? That's what we should do differently this time. It's a shame, because I really like the idea of them going against organized crime like a superhero show. The concept is the most interesting of the film since at least Battle of the Gods. It's not just Frieza, Broly, or insert popular villain from the past here again. And yes, I am aware that it's the Red Ribbon Army, but those are different characters. Red Ribbon is not a character. Uh, looks great. Glad to see some fun-looking villains too. So there's some positive aspects. This looks fine, but I bet people are going to start hating on the visuals of this movie purely because it's CG. The thing is, it's not even good CG. I have no problem with it. Nighthead 2041 is almost entirely 3D and it looked amazing. But this just looks like PS3 or PS2 cutscene. I really don't see how it's bad CG. Even the screenshot for Goku looks like it could be a drawn animation still. This still looks fine, but the animation and camera work are not very modern. For 3D, they should have emulated the look of DB Fighters, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. This looks more like Budokai, which is not a compliment at all. Uh, I've never been a big fan of transitioning 2D anime into a 3D slash CG one. I'm not really that big of a fan either, even if there are quite a few that did it well enough. But then again, it really has a chance to be extremely good. If they can do action scenes like cutscenes from the games such as Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Kakarot, Naruto Ultimate Ninja, Kimetsu no Yaiba, and etc. Although ultimately, those games' action scenes and cutscenes are good because they tried to recreate the original 2D cutscenes. <laughs> okay, let's 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 see this. Um, they have character designs for Dende and Bulma. I wonder who they got to do the Japanese voice actress. Uh, she did pass away in recent years, so we'll definitely see if they got someone close to it. But here's the video. 49 second trailer, a new crisis. Just kind of, just kind of reminds me of Dragon Quest. Well, a little bit. No, no. Actually, some of this is some of this isn't too bad. Um, the frame rate seems to be at like 23 though, and that's the problem with uh, CG. If it's not like at 30 or 60, it just does not look good. 
Some of the scenes and backgrounds look really good. Goku and movement looks pretty interesting. Hmm. Ooh. I'm not like super hyped, but it wasn't as bad as what those people in the comments were saying. I don't think it was as bad as people were originally saying it was going to be. Alright, next topic. Yakuza creator is leaving Sega. Uh, RGG Studio confirms Yakuza Like a Dragon sequel. So the creator of Yakuza is leaving? Um, that's not a good thing. In a message commemorating the 10th anniversary of the Yakuza Studio or Ryuga Gotuko, uh, Gotuko? Gotuku? Gotuku Studio, <laughs> makers of the Yakuza and Judgment series, the company confirmed that its founder and Yakuza creator Toshihiro Nagoshi is leaving Sega and RGG Studios. Longtime Yakuza series director Daisuke Sato is leaving the studio as well. Oh, they're leaving. Two big people are leaving. The official studio Twitter account and website posted a statement about the matter on October 8th. Um, the statement includes messages from the team members and confirms a sequel to Like a Dragon in development. So accompanying the message was a photo of RGG Studios leadership with new director and executive producer Masayoshi Yokoyama in the center. Yokoyama is credited as chief producer on Yakuza 0, 6 in the Kiwami remakes and directed Yakuza 5. Also included in the photo were Yakuza series chief director Ryosuke Hori and chief producer Hiroyuki Sakamoto, technical manager and loss judgment director Yutaka Ito, and so basically all the top brass and they all look like they're ready to either meet you at the bar or beat your ass in the arcade. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. There doesn't seem to be any like real talk on why that they're leaving, but they were in negotiations. So I'm guessing that they it was like a money issue at point at this point. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Oh, and this is Laplace. She's a demon woman from Tales of Luminaria. I forgot I had opened this, but I didn't move the tab over. But yeah, that's it for this week. Interesting set of news. Um, I'll definitely check more into Tales of Luminaria in a separate video on the new YouTube channel. And then, you know, we'll, we'll figure things out. Um, hopefully, you know, you guys enjoy this kind of format. Let me know if you have any thoughts or suggestions or, you know, constructive criticism. I'll take all that into account and then see what I can, what I can or will be able to incorporate into the podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Falcon Punch, F-A-L-C-O-N-P-A-U-U-N-C-H. Same as the title of the podcast. And make sure to subscribe to the new YouTube channel. Just search for youtube.com or on youtube.com, falconponch2. The custom like URL is not there yet, so youtube.com slash falconponch2 will not work, sadly. But hopefully, it will one day. Anyways, this was Falcon Punch. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Hope you've enjoyed. I'll see you next time.